This is a really crazy time in my life. Um, as some of you know, I've been pastoring a church that we started about 16 years ago and have just left there. Um, and as Jamie mentioned, I just realized this morning I've been coming here for the last 10 years and, and I'm just praying, you know, because I'm thinking, I, this, this might be it, you know, like, like basically what's gone on is, is my wife and I have just both felt like God is moving us on to something different. We don't understand it completely. And uh, I know in, in a couple of weeks, um, we're heading to Asia um, to a few different countries, and we're going to be working with uh, one where we're looking into the human trafficking issue, which has been huge in my heart that I just, I just, I just read the scriptures and I go, okay, if, that's, if this is really true, and there are kids going through this right now and being abused, there's something in my heart that just stirs me. It goes, you've got to do something. You've got to understand how to best help with this issue. Um, another issue that we're going to be working with is uh, hearing about some of our fellow believers in other countries where Christianity is, uh, Christians are persecuted heavily and, and many have been martyred and killed and, and I want to talk to their kids and talk to their, their wives and try to figure out how can we help them, how can we serve them. I'm hearing about movements that are going on underground, movements where in some countries every believer believes that they are supposed to make disciples and are equipped to do that. And they're actually doing that even when their government says it's not okay. And I just want to fellowship with those people and try to understand, okay, what's going on there? You know, can, can we do that here? It's got to be possible in the U.S. also. And, and all these different things. I also uh, am looking forward to just spending some time with my four kids and my wife serving in some orphanages where no one knows who I am and I can just serve and just not have everything critiqued and going, well, is it okay for him to serve these orphans? You know, I just want to do it. I just want to ah, just get away and get back to me and God before all of this craziness kind of happened. And I, I don't know, there's just so many things that we believe the Lord is leading us to. And then uh, a few weeks ago, my wife said, you know, why don't we just sell the house if we're so sure this is not where God wants us? And I go, are you serious? You know, so we're just going to head off to Asia and have no home and no idea where we're going to go. I go, I'm totally cool with it. I thought you would go nuts if we did that. And here's this amazing woman of faith that goes, no. And, and, and here's the thing. My wife said something the other day that was so powerful. She goes, honey, she goes, I'm reading the scriptures, and I'm looking at what we're doing, and I'm going, this is perfectly normal. She goes, why is it that all my friends are saying, wow, this is crazy, I could never do this? She goes, because when I read the Bible, I go, but that's the way we're supposed to live. It seems very normal. And it was a very powerful thought because I thought, you know what, you're right. When I think biblically, I'm not afraid. I go, well, of course. It's just when I listen to everyone else and all of the comments and, and, and all the statements, but they don't come from Scripture. It's, it's just all, well, you know, you've got four kids. You don't do this. You don't just leave. You don't just not have a home. And I'm going, well, 
where's my citizenship? Aren't I supposed to teach my kids that our home isn't here on earth? And all I know is right now I'm just so focused on the Lord and, and, and I, I just have more peace than I've had in, in so long and they're just living by faith again. I mean, I feel like I'm in college, you know, where, where you know, you're 18, you're like, wow, I could literally go anywhere. I got no ties. I mean, not anymore because now you're in debt. But, but before, you know, like, like that moment when you just graduate and you're like, wow, I can do anything. And it's like, wow, I feel that right now. Except I got a wife and four kids. And it's like the whole family, we're just looking at our kids and going, look, we don't know where God's taking us. We don't know where our next home's going to be. We don't know if the Lord wants us to have a home. We, we may be in this country and, and feel like the Lord wants us to stay. And we can. We can do anything right now. And it's, and it's an absolute rush. Um, but, but, but that statement my wife made has been stuck in my head because I keep thinking, okay, what if my, you know, because people are like, oh, that's so radical, that's so weird. And, and, and yet I think, okay, what if my life story were, was placed inside of this book? Would it look radical? Think about this. If someone wrote your life story, your biography, and put it in this book, would it look weird? Would it look radical? Or would someone just read it and go, okay, let me move on to Peter? Okay, you know, it's, it's just like, is there just, because for, for me, I look at my life and I go, I'm not sure it's really congruent with this book. In fact, I, I, I feel like we're making steps and we're moving that direction, but really, do we really think biblically? Do we really think, okay, does my life fit in the pages of this, this book? How much do I have faith in this? Because the moment I take my eyes off of this book and look around and listen to advice, I get stressed out. But every time I go back to this book, I go, no, no, no. And I know how, you know, I'm, I'm singing these songs that we were singing this morning. And, and when you had uh, Romans 8 read, it was just like music to my soul. It was like, oh, that's right. God, he didn't spare his own son. Of course, he's taken care of me all of these years. He's done all of this stuff for me. And it's all about just knowing him and all knowing about how, how he's always walked with me. He's been so good to me. And uh, something happened a, a, a couple months ago. I was in England, you know, just speaking, and I had a, a free few hours, and I, I went to Oxford, and, uh, and there was this, this uh, someone's here from Oxford, wow, smart guy, and, uh, and, and there was this professor that was taking me around, giving me a tour, I, I mean, I was terrible, church history, I don't even remember a thing, but there was something about being there and him pointing out where everything happened that was really cool. But he, he was showing me in the architecture of some of these old buildings. He was saying, you know what, built into the architecture are some things that we're very embarrassed of now. He says, for example, in, this, you know, in these cathedrals, you'll see a lot of these holes in the side of the walls. These are called squint holes, and they were specifically built this way because the people who had leprosy, they would often want to come into the building, and yet the people, the church didn't want the lepers in there, so they said, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll make these little slits, and you can be outside kind of squinting in and seeing what goes on in this room. And he says, it's just kind of embarrassing. He says, I think about the slavery and how the church 
was the very one that was defending slavery for so long and fought, and how embarrassing that is now, how weird that is. He talked about the religious, you know, wars that, that the Christians were fighting and how we look now and go, wow, that's so crazy. He took me to a spot. It was, it was, it was, it was, ah, it was just eerie. It was in the middle of the street. Like there's this one part, it's asphalt all around, and there's this one circle um, that just, this old brick, and there's this uh, a plaque on the wall where these, uh, because it was a spot where these three guys were burned at the stake you know, for standing on the scriptures. And, 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 and he was just, you know, as he was walking through church history, it was like, you know, I would look back and go, that's so weird. How could they defend slavery? That's so weird. How could they do that to the lepers? That's so weird. How could they fight these wars and kill in the name of Christ? Have they ever read this book? And, and you see all this weirdness in these different periods of history. And, and for the first time, I thought, man, what are they going to say about us? Like, you know how, how sometimes you're, you're, you're weird, but you don't realize it because everyone else around you is weird, you, you know? And, you know, you, you know, like my wife and I, we're, we're cleaning, we're packing the house because we, we got to pack everything up, and, and I'm looking at old photos, and I'm like, wow, look at what you're wearing, honey. That's so weird. Overalls, really? You, you know, with that sweater? You know, look at your hair. She goes, well, look at your hair. You didn't even have hair. You're trying to. You know, we're just like, I know, but it wasn't cool to be bald back then yet. You know, and, and you, you look through these phases of you know, in hindsight, you go, wow, that was strange. That was strange. Why did we do that? Why did we do that? Why did I do that at that phase of my life? And we can look back at church history and go, wow, that was strange. That was strange. That was strange. How did they get there? And I said, what are they going to say about our generation? I mean, when they look back, I mean, when you think biblically, it is really strange to think about a period of time where people jump from church to church based upon how good their children's ministry was, how good their music was, whether a speaker was entertaining or not. Like, that's weird. It's really strange, but we're so in the thick of it that we don't even see straight. When we think that these, these services, these church services we do are the center of everything, where do you see that in Scripture? And where, where you've got like 70, 80% of the church that can quote the Great Commission, but maybe 2% that have ever made a disciple or baptized anyone. But we don't think it's weird because everyone's doing it. But I'm telling you, think about it in light of church history. Don't you see? Try to remove yourself. Because there I was in England kind of just removing myself and looking back and going, man, one day this is going to look really, really weird. And I believe that God's calling me to say, well, I, I want things to change. I, I, and I believe that God's going to use me in some way. I don't know how, but it's kind of over my head. But, but I feel like the Spirit of God's just stirring so many people to go, wait, things are not congruent. Things are not making sense. And we believe it can be like this. And that the Holy Spirit has not changed. And that He's waiting for us to believe again. Man, I was trying to think, I go, this may be the last time I talk to some of you. What do I say? I'm going, God, move in me. Give me a message. What do I say? Because some of you, I will be looking at you a hundred years from now. A hundred years from now. 
Okay, and, and what will I have wished I had said at this moment to prepare you for that time of what we're going to do on this? Because I get very excited. I, I've never been more excited about ministry. I know the Lord is stirring right now, you know, and, and it's like a lot of us are just getting discontent and going, no, I know there's more. We're not rebelling against the church. We love the church. It's the bride of Christ. We'll die for the church, but we just believe there's something more when we read this book, and we're not just going to go with the status quo anymore. So, so what is it? What is it to say? And, and, and this, my favorite verse in the Bible, I believe it's what I'm supposed to share, is James 5.17. James 5.17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. ESV says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. He was just a person. And, and, and my question is, is, do you believe that right now? you got to get this. It's, it's, it's about faith. This is the message I think I'm supposed to give to you. Do you believe that Elijah was a person, a human being, that was no different from you, literally? See, because I think most of you look at the characters, the people in the Bible, and you lift them up as though they are unattainable. Like, well, I'm not going to be like Elijah, but that's why that scripture is written. No, Elijah was a human being. He was a person just like you. He had nothing on you, except he prayed and he believed in his prayers. He prayed earnestly and things happened. Do you believe that about yourself right now? Like, like if Elijah, the, the prophet Elijah that called down fire from heaven, if he was standing right here. See, I'm to the point now where I go, big deal. I'm standing right here. Like, he's got nothing on me. He's a human being. I'm a human being. We, it's this God. I mean, really, think about, think about Peter. Think about the apostle Peter. If he were standing here, would you think, oh, man, I could never do the things that he does? Or do you go, no, that's a human being. Just like me. It's no different. So why would I lift up, oh, wow, Peter or Paul? Do you believe that right now? See, I don't think most of you believe that God's going to do anything huge through you because you're looking at yourself rather than His Spirit and going, wait a second, the Bible says Paul's no different from me. Peter's no different from me. Jesus. What if Jesus were standing here? You're like, okay, don't go there right? Hey, I, I'm going there because out of respect for what Jesus said, Jesus said in John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Jesus said that. Do you take that literally? Do you literally sit there and go, well, Jesus said Truly, truly, I say, he, didn't, he, just, he even says, truly, truly. He goes, man, this is absolute truth. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. See, I, 
I've had so many people just kind of try to, you know, people that just squash, squash, squash all the faith that's in your life. You're going, no, I've seen God come through. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. I know he's going to come through. And they're like, come on, don't do that. That's too risky. That's too crazy, whatever. But you've got to learn to think biblically and go, no, this is what thus saith the Lord. Jesus himself said, I could do these things. And so why would I doubt? I felt like the Lord says, I want you to bring change to this area or this area or even this country. For you go, well, Jesus could have done it, so I could have done it. I could do it. Peter did it. Paul did it. Elijah did it. But I think most of us in this room, honestly, you're already living defeated lives because you're looking at these people and going, well, I could never do that. It's because you keep looking at yourself. Man, I could stare in the mirror and get depressed as fast as anyone else and talk about all the things that I can't do well, you know, look back at the history of my life and just go, oh man, I, you know, I still remember being tested, you know, as a little kid. I don't know if you guys still have that testing when you're in elementary school to whether you make it in the magnet or they used to call it MGM, mentally gifted minors. And uh, I remember being tested and, uh, and I didn't make it. I was like, it's like the only Asian in my whole school, literally. I am not kidding. The whole school, I was the only one that didn't make it. And I thought, man, what in the world? You, you, you look back and you just go, man, all the things you failed at or this or that or whatever. And rather than going to Scripture and go, no, no, God says he can do anything. See, this is huge. Because another passage that's been in my mind is uh, Philippians 1 verse 27, Paul says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I came, where I, where I come and see you, or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. He says, when you guys can learn to stand side by side, unafraid, completely, not frightened by anything. See, don't you just long for brothers and sisters to walk beside you and go, man, I am not afraid of anything. My God can do anything. I've seen what he's done in scripture. I've seen what he's done in my life. And the Bible says, when we can do that and not be frightened by anything, especially by those who tell us we're foolish or we're wrong, all of our opponents, he goes, when you do that, he goes, then the world's going to believe that you're right. But right now we have churches filled with people that are afraid, people with no courage, people that don't really think their God's going to come through, and we wonder why the world doesn't believe. Satan knows that. He's going to try to take this faith, this courage away from me. He's always trying to rob it from me. And i got to go back to the Scriptures. i got to go back to my life and go, no, God's always been there. I've seen Him. He's come through. And to believe, you know what? He's going to come through this time. And not to be frightened by anything by your opponents. This will be the sign to them of their destruction and of your salvation and that from the Lord. Been fighting to believe. And if you're fighting to believe and say, no, you know what? God could do some great things through me. It's not an arrogant thing. It's, it's boasting in the Lord. It's a confidence in him that he wants. He wants us to be Joshua and Caleb. You know, you got these 12 spies that go out and two come back and go, we can do this thing. The other ten go, no way. And they convince the whole nation, there's no way. We can't do this. 
But two guys believed, and God says what? He goes, you know what? Everyone else is going to die except for these two guys. He goes, because these guys believed in me. And I love that. that you know, one of my favorite speeches is, is Caleb in, in, uh, in Joshua 14, where he's 85 years old. And he says, man, I believed 40 years ago, you know, that we could defeat that army. He goes, I'm 85 years old now, so take me up there and I'm going to kill him right now because my God is still with me. And I go, man, I want to be that. I want to be one of those two guys that goes, I don't care. No one else believes. I've seen what God can do. And I want to be the 85-year-old guy if the Lord tarries that long or whatever else and just go, no, I still believe. I still believe this thing. Look, I... uh, got four minutes and I just want to say this I know that there are guys that are so much smarter than me intellectually and it drives me nuts because you know you always want to be there it's like uh, they could debate me on anything and win you know they could say that podium is made of chocolate I'm like no and they could prove somehow and win because you you know how it's just once you get to a certain level you're going to win the debate whether you're right or wrong and um and 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 so sometimes you can just feel so insecure whatever and i just love that story in john 9 about the blind man who he just goes look i don't know how to argue with you guys all i know is i was blind this guy came along and now i see so i think there's something there you know? And let me just say to you, you guys, God has been so good in my life. I could have sat here for 20 minutes. I could sit here for the next two hours and just tell you story after story of just the times I prayed, the times I stepped out in faith and just believed like a little kid again and said, watch, watch what my God does. And then he does it. And he does things that you just go, Oh, man, and my kids see it. They're growing up in a home where I go, see, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that's what our God would do? And they saw it. They experienced it. So I want them to grow up and go, okay, I can trust this God. Look, you'll have all sorts of people come into your life and tell you why you shouldn't have the faith that you do and why you should not believe that God will do great things and why, well, that only happened 2,000 years ago. It can't happen today. And I'm just telling you, just one guy to tell you, look, I'm living like this book still happens and that I could fit in the pages of the Scripture. And I have seen so many supernatural answers to prayer, and I believe that Elijah was a man just like me, and he just prayed and believed, and I'm begging you. You're going to have so many voices saying, don't believe it, don't believe it, don't believe it, and I'm maybe just one voice trying to scream out, no, you know what? He still shuts the mouths of the lions. He could still throw me in a, in a fiery pit, and it won't even touch me. He could part the seas for me. I've just seen enough things to go, you know what? God, you're amazing. And so here we go as a family of six, just heading off to who knows where. But one thing I do know is God's with us. He's always been with us. And as long as I'm seeking his kingdom and nothing else, seeking his kingdom first, everything's going to be taken care of. And I just pray. I pray that you would have this type of faith. I pray that you would have this courage and greater courage, greater faith than mine. I mean, that's why the staff puts us on. This is the heart of the faculty, is that your faith would go beyond ours. That maybe you'd go, oh, I remember Francis and his little faith. I just think, man, I think God is great. That's, that's the way we want you to think. 
because Jesus said it. These were his words. And I just want to do honor to that and believe that. And I want my life to make sense if it was placed in this book and not just a page you would skim over because I believe this still happens. I know it does. And I want to live that way. And I believe God has great things in the future for us, especially as the economy tanks and everything else is falling apart. It's just a great time, I think. It's for us to rise up and go, I could care less. I'm not frightened by that. You know, my God still loves me. He didn't spare his own son for me. Let me just pray over you. Oh, Father, I just feel like I'm going 100 miles a minute. So many thoughts I want to say. I just pray that your word would ring true and your Holy Spirit would move, God, just like it did back then, just like he does in other places. May he move in us, work in us, use us, give courage, give faith to this body of believers. And God, if we don't see each other till heaven, I pray that we just do extraordinary things so that the world will know. And God, we just want to experience you above all things. We don't want to manipulate. We don't want to use the world's methods. We just want our God to reign supreme and for us to be unfrightened by anything so the whole world would know that Jesus Christ came, died, rose again, ascended to your right hand, and he's coming back for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.